Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to Hear Her Sports Fast Track. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery. And thanks for listening today. We have another great episode with an athlete impacted by pandemic changes and uncertainty. This time we'll hear a different perspective, however. Triathlete Tamara Gorman had surgery in February and is taking advantage of the extra year before Tokyo. For right now, she offers a wise goal of just training to be the best each day. We also talk about finding water to swim in, training by feel and by data, and traveling by plane and car to get home. Before we get started, I want to thank both Tove Shear and Ryan Bolton, who made the connection with Tamara possible. Let's get started. Here today is triathlete Tamara Gorman. Tamara has won two World Triathlon Championships as a junior and as an under-23 competitor. In 2019, she medaled in three triathlon World Cups. She is on Team USA, living and training at the Olympic Training Center. She had her sights on making the Tokyo Olympic team. Then in mid-February, she had surgery. I've invited Tamara to be on the podcast because she is an athlete not entirely sad that the Olympics were postponed. I'm interested to hear what her thoughts are about all of that and how she's managing training these days. Welcome, Tamara. Thanks for having me. Sure. You know, let's start with the Olympics and, you know, set us up with a little bit about your surgery. Yeah. So I had surgery in February. I have had two stress fractures in both feet and my navicular bones. So I've had to have surgery on both of those. The first one was when I was a sophomore in high school. And the second one was when I was a freshman in college. So I ran on both of those stress fractures for about three months each thinking that I was invincible and that I wouldn't, that I would be able to continue and they would just heal. But obviously uh, the first time I didn't learn my lesson and the second time I have learned my lesson and and with the injuries that I've had, I have really uh, been in tune with my body and it's okay to take a day off if you aren't feeling great. So yeah, I have screws in both of those navicular bones. And yeah, like you said, this past February, I actually got surgery to remove uh, the screw in the navicular bone that was put in there about 10 years ago, the first stress fracture that I had. It was a very quick recovery. It was about two weeks of uh, no, like very minimal training, but slowly I got into being able to run. My first run was actually two weeks after surgery at 60% of my wow. body weight. So it really wasn't that bad of a recovery time compared to other injuries that I've had in the past. So now I seem to be training just normally and I feel strong and yeah, I'm very happy with where I am right now. So what are your thoughts about the Olympics being postponed and you know, why were you not so super sad? So the thing is, is with this surgery, I didn't know how quick I would recover. And so at the point when I was getting the surgery, I was actually very, um, I knew it was the right thing, but the, the fact that I had to get the surgery and at the time that it came, it just didn't seem like very good timing. And it seemed like as if I was a little bit rushed at the time. Now I don't feel as if I would have been rushed, but yeah, at the time I felt rushed. And uh, now that the Olympics are postponed, I feel like I have that time just to get stronger and not have to worry about just like having a timeline. There's kind of unlimited time right now to focus on those things that we need to focus on. 
in order to be the best that we can be when we are able to potentially qualify for the Olympics next year. Right. So what are you focusing on right now? Yeah, so I have been working a lot on my biking. Last year in my races, that was a part in my race where I felt I could have been maybe a lot higher up if I would have been able to nail that aspect, which I did in a fair amount of races, but in some of them, I wasn't able to, and I fell short a little bit. So I really am honing in on really getting stronger on the bike and also just continuing to get better in all aspects. Swimming obviously is put a little bit on the back burner right now because a lot of the pools are closed. I actually was out in Arizona for two weeks and we were training in an endless pool for two months. So that really allowed me to focus in on like my technique and I think visualizing and watching swim videos is very good right now for my training. So I am doing that in a lot of band exercises to the endless pool that we were swimming in is connected to a man who was an Olympic swimmer. Um, and he runs this platform called Go Swim TV, where they have tons of videos for technique in swimming. And yeah, so I've been playing around with that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm going to go back to your training, but you started talking about something I'm really interested in. So you were in Arizona, but you're now back in Colorado. So you, you've been traveling a little bit recently. Tell me about how yeah. that was. Yeah, so I actually was in Arizona in Phoenix for two months. And then I took one flight from Phoenix to Colorado Springs. And I stayed the night in a hotel because the Olympic Training Center is actually shut down right now. So they they wouldn't allow me on that campus to grab my stuff out of my room. And I actually am not in Colorado Springs. I drove my car that was at the training center back home. And I'm living in this apartment next to our house, trying to keep a little bit of a distance away from my mom and dad. But obviously, um, yeah, we're just being safe about the the situation. And after two weeks, I'll probably move back over into the house. But Right now, it's nice to have the apartment here for me to be able to stay. But uh, yeah, the airport was pretty desolate. And um, yeah, just driving home was kind of quiet. And yeah, not many people around. So your flight was just last week, right? Yeah. So I I left on Sunday, actually. So just a, a handful of days ago. Yeah. Not many people in the airport. And it's very sad to see all the businesses shut down and it's yeah. just a it's yeah it's, it's just really sad to see that yeah it took a couple of videos and yeah it's just it's very sad I bet you're one of the few people who have sort of witnessed that for real you know like road travel and and airplane travel yeah and it's also kind of it's it's really hard for me to wrap my mind around the whole situation, but like driving home, all the shopping malls obviously were closed and just seeing the parking lots desolate. It just really puts things into perspective for me for when the times that when all of these places do open, it's just going to be, I think, really eye-opening for our entire world just to go through this situation. Right. Let's get back to your training in the Olympics. 
Do you know any of the dates of competitions or the Olympic qualifying events or anything like that? Or are you sort of just training in an abstract kind of way? Well, we know when the Olympics will take place. Right, right. Um, they, <laughs> we have that set. But obviously, yeah, we have to qualify for the Olympics before that. Summer Cook has qualified, and we still have two more spots. But we're training right now. Our federation has told us that they're coming up with dates where as like races that we will be able to qualify for the Olympics, but those haven't been announced yet, but they'll give us a warning before we have to race. So it's not like, it's not going to be like very quick. Right. Right. We should, we should have some notice. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's interesting this time because, you know, athletes who are preparing for the Olympics or, you know, are going to be competing in the Olympics are sort of on a four-year cycle. And then even if you're competing in the world championships, you're on a one-year cycle. And now, like, what are you focusing on? And like, what's your mindset? Has it changed at all? I don't know. I'm not exactly sure how to ask that question because I know that athletes are so focused and like every moment is thinking about the Olympics. Is that still where you're at or is, is something changed? For me, I go about my days a little bit different, I feel, um, and I I have a different outlook than maybe a lot of other different athletes. So I really just want to get the best out of every single day, and I leave it up to my coach to have that like full picture in her mind. So I really have that trust in my coach, and I value where she's coming from. So with the Olympics being pushed back. I know that she she knows what is best for me right now. So I've been following her program and with training. So I had surgery. So I had been taking it a little bit easy during that lead up into the surgery running wise because I wasn't able to run as much as I would have liked. So I really look at this situation, like you said, as a time to just continue to improve and and not be stressed out and and just be happy with where we are and present and and mindful and know that when things do come around and things get back to normal we'll be able to yeah be that much stronger and and yeah just just use this time to get better Right. You do have the luck of being sort of young and early in your career. This would be your first Olympics if you go in Tokyo. Yeah. So kind of going back is like my ultimate goal was to obviously make the Olympics in 2020, but we were trying to improve in the present to ultimately get there because within the U.S. team, I am quite young. And the other girls have gone through the full cycle, whereas me, I was running in college. And in 2017, I had taken a year off of triathlon. And so I really don't even have the full cycle um, within this quad. So, yeah, we are just trying to improve within the present and doing as best as we can to show the Federation that I can be capable of racing at that level. And I do believe that I can. Right. right. Um, so, yeah. Now it will be a full four-year cycle with the Olympics being in 2021. Right. 
So talk a little bit about exactly what you're doing right now. And one of my main questions is because you're a swimming athlete, what are you doing at the pool? You talked about the endless pool, but now you're not at a place that has that. So talk about not being able to swim or if yeah. you're able to swim at all. Yeah. So right now I am fortunate enough to live in a beautiful place. My hometown is just so pretty. It's that elevation and it has crystal clear lakes. And those are just getting warm enough to be able to swim in. I actually ended my ride last night at the lake and just checked out how cold it was. And I'm going to actually go out there tonight and jump in with my wetsuit on and be able to swim there. So I've really only had like a week out of the water in Arizona. Like I said, I was able to swim in the endless pool four times a week for an hour each time, which... I'm very thankful for that situation that I was in. Yeah, because I know a lot of people aren't able to swim in the endless pool. And with biking here in the U.S., we're pretty fortunate because we obviously can still ride outside. So that hasn't changed at all. And we're able to run outside, too. So the things that have changed the most within my training are the swimming and gym. Right. Um. So, yeah. So when I was in Arizona... Uh, the boys and I, I was training with Project Podium boys for the U.S. They have a focus on getting uh, male on the podium in 2024. So I was doing a lot of training with them. And we set up a gym right outside of our apartments. We got all the weights and got the bands. And yeah, we just went outside for that. Cool. Have you had any trouble riding, finding places where it's not crowded? Where I am, it's been hard to find places where I'm not sort of always, you know, moving around people. So at home, it's super nice. I can go from my house and do about a four-hour ride and climb over 5,000 feet and see maybe 10 cars on a busy day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's really, really nice riding here in the Black Hills. In Arizona, it's a little more, it's a little more populated, obviously, so yeah, you have the problems with like stopping at stoplights and that sort of stuff on rides, but we deal with it and go on with it. But you weren't having to sort of move around other riders and runners and things like that. Oh, um, yeah, actually, we run on the canal and the trails in Arizona were so busy. They're just trying to keep the distance from from everyone. And because everyone wants to get outside and be active. So in a really warm climate, yeah, everyone was outside and some days, yeah, we would have to be careful of keeping our distance from yeah. others. Well, cool. So I've been thinking more about kids lately, you know, and, and what they maybe are thinking about during the pandemic or other advice that they can get from athletes. So do you have any advice or thoughts for kids? Yeah, I've been talking to junior triathletes, actually. And yeah, I feel as if the junior triathlon teams it's very uh, a very different situation, but everyone is adapting to the situation. So the team that I was talking to, no one can meet up in in real life. So they actually were meeting up on Zoom for their workouts. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was just a wonderful idea to be able to come together and feed off of each other's energy to get the workout in. And then obviously there's the situation where you can be lacking motivation. And just because there aren't any races coming up or any set dates of races, 
but one way I think that we can deal with that is just by setting like many goals for ourselves each day and trying to stretch ourselves to reach those goals throughout the day. And, and then you have a focus and maybe you set a goal for a week and then that's your focus. Come back at the end of the week and say, did I reach that goal? Um, if I did, that's kind of like, okay, I maybe won that race. And then obviously it's so cool to have all the racing online, like with Zwift for triathlon at least, and being able to bring those outdoor activities inside, obviously is very, very nice. Are you using Zwift? I haven't used it as much as I know other triathletes have, but that's just because I can still go outside. Right, right. So I haven't used it as much, but it is an option. It is an option. It's it's actually probably nice, especially if you're motivated by competition. I bet it's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you use power on your bike? Yeah. I train with a cork power meter and I have ever since I was, actually since I started triathlon at 14, their business is actually based out of Spearfish, South Dakota, and that's only an hour away from my hometown. So growing up, we would do local triathlons and the owner an inventor of cork power meters race in the triathlon around our hometown. So yeah, I've been training with power for a really long time and it is something that we really look at and are able to dial in my training more with that tool. And it's cool to have that much information, almost 10 years worth of yeah, yeah. data. I love power because heart rate is not reliable as an indicator. So it'd be nice yeah. to have power. Yeah. Yeah. Training with heart rate. I I have actually just started to train more diligently with my heart rate. And it's interesting to see how, if you're fatigued, how much you are able to gather with that information. So it's cool to, to be able to train with all of that sort of stuff. Are you data driven? Do you, do you like all those numbers? Me personally, I enjoy like looking at all of it, but I really love going off a of feel. I really am very good at reading my body and knowing on the days when I feel as if I need to go easy to go easier. If I, I really feel good, I might say, hey, coach, like I'm feeling really good. Can we maybe do this workout today instead of another day? So we work together like that. Oh, that's good. That's a skill. <laughs> reading your <Yeah>. body. <laughs> Is there anything that you've learned or are struggling with during this pandemic, during shelter in place or the post moment of the Olympics? Yeah, I was actually talking to someone the other day. I really am a racer. So I really am struggling. Well, first of all, I'm just struggling with wrapping my mind around the whole situation and really praying and thinking about everyone who is dealing with COVID or is dealing with a loved one who has the, the sickness. Mm -hmm. So I just am really hoping the best for our world and, and knowing that we'll come out stronger on the other side. Um, so that's like first what I'm dealing with the most. But second, I am dealing with just not being able to race. I love racing. And it's something that I look forward to. I look forward to being able to travel to all the different places around the world and and see those people that we don't get to see all year round. And yeah, so the day that we do get to go and race and travel and see all those people from different countries will really be a, 
a gift or a special moment. That's nice. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on the podcast. And that's it for this week's show. It is terrific you keep listening to these stories of and by female athletes. Thank you. Find more and sign up for our newsletter at hearhersports.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Hear Her Sports. Our design is by Agnes Studio and music by the band Goldmines. Keep healthy. Until next time. Bye-bye. And then I went on all of your podcasts and started listening to them. So it was, I really enjoyed them. Women's Running Stories, where we explore the intersection between running and life. Because every woman who is committed to a running journey has a story to tell, and this is where you'll find those stories. I am host and producer Cherie Louise Turner. I'm a 53-year-old runner, and together with original music by musician and runner Cormac O'Regan, we bring these inspirational stories to life. Please join us to fuel your adventures.